Good morning everyone. So we are back again um, on video conferencing and uh, another Sunday where we are unable to meet together. It looks like we may have another couple of weeks before we can actually see each other face to face. And I just continue to encourage every one of you to keep praying for each other, keep encouraging one another, and let's remember that God is still in his throne and he knows exactly what's going on. And um, so I want to get into scriptures this morning and I want to talk to you uh, from the passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 15. So if you would like to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15, we're just going to take a few verses from that and I'll make some comments around it. Um, but I've entitled my message, Is Your Heart a Garden or Overgrown with Weeds? Is your heart a garden or overgrown weeds? So let's go straight into Matthew chapter 15 and I'll read the first two verses. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Now let me make some comments before we move on. In order for us to understand the context of this passage, we need to read maybe two verses prior to this. And um, the immediate context is in Matthew 14, verse 35. It says, when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon, people were bringing all their sick to be healed. So you've got to understand what's going on here. There seems to be such excitement about God in those lakes around Galilee because Jesus was around. And everywhere Jesus went, healing was happening. People were getting delivered from their pain and their anguish and their brokenness. And so they were rejoicing that God was in their midst. So here you are, people getting attracted to the fact that God is here, attracted and rejoicing that God is in their midst. And they weren't running away from God. They were moving towards God. And so you would think if you're a religious leader, that should excite you. Your entire reason why you exist on planet Earth is to encourage people to get closer to God. And so here are these religious leaders coming from Jerusalem. And you would think that the first thing they would do is to rejoice along with the people that God was in their midst. The first thing they would do is probably wanting to listen and hear the testimonies of those who are being healed. But that's not what happened. They come and they ask Jesus, why do your disciples disobey the traditions? They were more concerned about religious traditions than they were about God being present in the midst of the people. Now that's how you know the difference between religion and a relationship with God. Religion tends to focus on behavior. And so when they came and they saw the crowds, right, their, their focus was on the disciples of Jesus and saying, look, they are not washing their hands before they eat. That was their concern that the disciples were not washing their hands. And he said, because they were not washing their hands, they must be disobeying God. The fact that God was in the midst, healing the sick, 
delivering those who are demon-possessed, that people were rejoicing to see and bringing, happily bringing people to Christ so that he could heal them. That was not something they were interested in. All they were interested in is, why aren't your disciples washing their hands before they eat? Sounds so far-fetched that religious leaders will become so petty. And yet, my dear friends, scripture records that they came all the way from Jerusalem to monitor behavior of the disciples of Jesus. Let's look at how Jesus responds to them. Matthew 15 verse 3. Jesus replied, Why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? Immediately, Jesus pitted traditions and the commandments of God. He separated the two. Here were the religious leaders assuming that the commandments of man was synonymous to the commandments of God. Traditions of man was equal to the commandments of God. If you obey the traditions of man, you obey God. But Jesus splits the two right in the middle. And he says there's a difference between the commandments of man and the commandments of God. There is a difference between the traditions of men and being obedient to God. In fact, Jesus went further and said, why do your traditions violate God? Obeying the traditions of man was not only not obeying God, but it was violating God. And he gives them this example. For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, it's all right. It's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. Now, next week is Father's Day in New Zealand, so I'm going to talk a little bit about honoring your parents and what that looks like in this day and age. So I'll leave that particular um, point for next week. But what I want to do this week is to show you how Jesus separates the two, right? The traditions of man, religious um, teachings, and obedience to God are two different things, right? So here was one example he was using. God says, honor your father and your mother. And so you grow up, you're independent now, and suddenly Honoring your father and mother becomes a burden. Why? Because they're elderly and because they require care. They require financial assistance because there is no assistance for them. They have no income anymore, right? And so Jesus is implying that to honor your father and your mother is actually to take care of them when they're elderly. But what do the religious teachers teach? They teach well, if you have an option between, if you have to decide between giving to your parents or giving to the temple, you've got to decide to give to the temple. And if you give to the temple, you're obeying God. And you can tell your parents, I can't give you, I can't help you because I'm giving to God. And here's Jesus saying, when you do that, 
When you follow that kind of thinking, which is man-made, you violate God. Because God is looking for you to honor your parents. God is looking for you to show care to your elderly parents. And the moment you, you disregard care to the elderly and think that you are serving God by contributing to the church or to the temple, you are violating God. In fact, Jesus says this, you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. In other words, he's saying, you have no intention to honor your parents. You are looking for an excuse so that you can focus on doing these things which are more traditions of man, to honor man rather than to honor what God has required of you. Jesus goes on to quote Isaiah. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is fast, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Man-made ideas as commands from God. See, he's not just saying these people are paying lip service. In fact, Isaiah is saying it's worse than that. There's not only a gap between what they say and what they do. They say they want to honor God, but they dishonor God. They violate God. It is worse than that. What they do is they enforce man-made rules and call it divine commands. They enforce man-made prescriptive behavior using God. Let me give you an example. I'm going to get myself into trouble for this example, but you're far away from me, you can't throw any stones. Tithing. I'm very concerned in the way we teach tithing these days. We say tithing is a commandment from God. Well, I'm not going to reject that, but I'd like to correct that notion. We look at what's going on today and we see a poor widow gives to God from what little she has. And then the tele-evangelist goes about buying a jet plane for himself. Can you see this? So the widow gives to God because she believes it's a commandment of God to tithe. The tele-evangelist feels that it's his right when money is given to him for him to do anything he wishes. And so he takes the tithes and he takes the offerings and purchases for himself a jet plane. Now, is this right or wrong? I would say this, and I'll go on record to say this, that that violates the commandment of God. Because what is the commandment of God? The commandment of God goes way before tithing. Before tithing was implemented by Moses, God already spoke about giving. And his concept, God's concept was, Everything good comes from God. All blessings come from God. And because God has blessed you, you have the stewardship. You have the responsibility to steward these blessings. 
You are called to steward these blessings. You are called to steward your talents. You are called to steward your good health. You are called to steward your wealth. You are called to steward every good thing that has been given to you. You may not even believe in God, but I'm telling you, my friend, all good things have come from God. And our requirement, and one day we will all face this judgment, and we'll be judged how we stewarded the blessings of God. Did we hoard his blessings? Or did we, did we steward it to a point where we enjoyed the blessings of God and out of our overflow, we blessed others as well? That is what God has called us to do, to steward our finances. And so, you are faced between man-made ideas that come and violate God's command. And so Jesus was saying to them, you violate God's commandments with man-made ideas. Teaching man-made ideas instead of the precepts of God. Jesus goes on to unpack the real lesson he's trying to teach everyone who's standing there now and listening to his discussion that he's having, this dialogue that he's having with the Pharisees. And he says to them, he calls the crowd to come and hear, verse 10 to 11. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Jesus was making this very clear. He's going back to that question. Why aren't your disciples washing their hands? And Jesus is saying to them, do you think that what you put into your mouth and goes into your body is what defiles you? Jesus is saying, no. The thing that defiles you is what's already inside you. It's what goes on in your heart that really defiles you. Religion is concerned with the external. God is concerned with our internal. Let's read on. Matthew 15, 17 to 20. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the soul, sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. Jesus is making it very clear. It's not what's outside that's going to defile you. It's what's already inside you. Right? Way before you commit murder, there was already unforgiveness that began in your heart. Way before you committed murder, you already had this anger that was brewing within you. That anger and that harsh words and that vicious words that come out, the vicious actions that come out, eventually leads you to act on it. And that's how murder happens. Sexual immorality doesn't just happen. You don't just accidentally commit adultery. It starts in the heart. It starts in this heart and how we get attracted to another woman, which we shouldn't. And those thought patterns and the way we speak, the way we treat that other, 
woman. We have no business to think like that, no business to talk like that, no business to treat her that way. But then when you don't watch your heart, out of that comes these evil thoughts that eventually become actions. See, religion works on your actions, but that's too late. Once you've already done it, it's too late. Jesus is working on your internal. He's focusing on what's going on inside you. The words you speak come from the heart, Jesus said. The words you speak come from the heart. Do you know what's going on in your heart? Do you want to know what's going on in your heart? Look at the words that you're speaking. Just listen to what you say. Listen to how you say it. Listen to the words that come out. Every relationship, every broken relationship began first in the heart and then it became words. And then when those words were callous words and continued to be callous words, actions happened. That's when parents and children don't, don't speak anymore. That's when husband and wives don't live, they live apart. Why? Because they don't watch the words. As the words come out, you know what's going on in your heart. And if you are able to go back, look at your heart, monitor what's going on in your heart, you'd be able to change. When you change your heart, you change your words. When you change your words, you change your actions. Verse 13, Jesus says this, Every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. God's given, Jesus is giving us the key on how you monitor your heart. Whether your heart is a garden or whether it is a place where it's overgrown weeds, it's up to you. How do you create a garden? You let your heavenly Father plant seeds that will produce a garden. But if you keep on planting seeds that are going to turn out to be weeds, toxic stuff that you keep on planting in your heart, don't expect your words not to be toxic. Don't expect toxic words not to create a toxic environment. And don't expect a toxic environment to produce anything good at all. Jesus is saying, let the Heavenly Father plant seeds in you. The seed that is planted in your heart becomes a thought. The thoughts that you dwell and keep on dwelling become speech patterns. And those speech patterns correct environment. And that environment is going to produce actions. And those actions will eventually become your destiny. But if God is planting the seeds in your heart, then you can be rest assured He's going to produce a garden in your life. And that garden will create words that will be kind, gentle, encouraging, building others up. And that environment of those words will produce an environment conducive for healing, for restoration, and for God activity. Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 61 verse 11. For as the earth brings forth its bud 
as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. You see, righteousness or right living is not produced by our own doing. It's our Heavenly Father who plants those seeds in our hearts. And those seeds that our Heavenly Father plants will become good seeds. They will bud. They will spring forth. And they will produce right living, righteousness, things that are praiseworthy. And my dear friends, when your heart produces righteousness, things that are praiseworthy, right living with God and with others, you create an environment where your words build, where your words are a blessing. And every action that you do will restore, will heal, and will produce righteous lives. Let God tend to your garden. Monitor what's going on in your heart. Look at your speech patterns. Take stock. If your words are toxic, I suggest there are some toxic weeds in your heart. Uproot them. Let Father in heaven plant good seeds in your heart. And then when he does that, you'd start seeing your words change. When your words change, your actions change. When your actions change, your relationships change. Let God tend to your garden before it becomes overgrown weeds. Let's pray. to him.